Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Well, good morning, Lighthouse. It is uh, great to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Larry Sewell. I'm one of the elders here at Lighthouse, and we are going to work through Psalm 27 today. It's a, it's a sermon about hope, uh, hope from David. Uh, David is one of the most interesting characters in the Bible. If you've done any reading uh, in the Psalms at all, you recognize that this is a guy who knows how to write down pure emotion. You know, he has a heart for God, and he's able to just to put it down in words in such a way that it's so clear for us to see. Like, I'd like to, all of us, pray just together, out loud, a little prayer, okay, if we could do that, to start this morning. And it's a prayer that would be consistent with Psalm 27, okay? And this is the prayer. I'm going to say it, and I'd like to all of us to say it together. Maybe even raise our hands and say it to God. And this is the prayer. God, I want to see your face. Can we pray that together? Okay. God, I want to see your face. Uh, that's kind of the core theme through Psalm 27. Now, uh, this is a Psalm of David, and David, as I said, had lived a very remarkable life. Um, he was in the bloodline of Jesus, okay? The bloodline goes through him. Uh, David is a man, as a boy, do you remember the story of David and Goliath? Yeah, he's the guy that brought the big Philistine down and saved Israel. Um, this is a man who uh, fought hand-to-hand combat. Back in his day, when there was a war, it was swords and shields and knives, okay? Hand-to-hand. If you took a life of a person, you saw him die in front of you and bleed out, okay? That's the kind of warrior David was. He was a strong man. He was a powerful man. Uh, as we read the Bible, we see the high points of his life, and we know that David is a man who walked with God, uh, but we also know that David is a man capable of just absolutely despicable sin. Remember Psalm 51, the confession psalm? That was David's confession after he had taken the wife another, of another man and then had that man murdered. And David is confessing his sin uh, to God in that moment. The thing, though, about David that uh, kind of always catches me by surprise and, and causes me to kind of lean into his character is just one little phrase about David. And it's, you find it in the Old Testament, you find it in the New Testament, and it's this. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. He was not a perfect man by any means. He had, he had lots of conflict and lots of sin in his life, but at the same time, he was a man after God's own heart. Psalm 27 gives us a peek into the heart of David. So I'm going to read these verses uh, just from start to finish, and then we'll go back and work through those verses together. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and they will fall. Though an army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even when I am attacked, I will remain confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the perfections of the Lord. 
and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head up high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praise to the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer to me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always helped me. Don't leave me down. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet, I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. This is such a rich psalm. As I was studying this, I sat down with the English Standard Version. That's kind of a word-for-word kind of go-to translation. Of Next to it, I put the New Living Translation, a thought-for-thought translation. And then I pulled out the message. Has anybody ever read the message? Eugene Peterson, it's, uh, it's common English. It's really easy reading. And I looked at verse-to-verse-to-verse across the three to just kind of grasp what the professional translators uh, were saying as they re- read these verses. After that, I went to uh, a website. It's called Bible Hub. You can just type Bible Hub in there and hit enter, and it'll pop up, okay? And uh, you can hit interlinear Bible, and it allows you to see the Hebrew word and the English word, or in the New Testament, the Greek and the English, one on top of the other, and see exactly what God is saying in those verses. The first verse here took me by surprise as I looked at that in the interlinear there are five things I want to uh, talk about from my study. It's kind of that, that wow moment when you're, you're reading through Scripture and God is just speaking. It's just so clear what God has to say. Um, I want to make five observations from Psalm 27. The first thing is this. Uh, David leans into the character of God. Leans into the character of God. Um, if the tech people could put verse 1 up there again, it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, why should I tremble? In the interlinear Bible, this is what it says, word for word. The strength Yahweh is, I shall fear who? And my light and my salvation Yahweh is. Shall I be afraid in my life? David understood and he leaned into the character of God. When we talk about the character of God, we're talking about his essence, We're talking about his very nature. We're talking about uh, things that don't ever change. It's who God is, and it drives what God does. Uh, I have good days, and I have bad days. My wife will tell you that I can be arbitrary, okay? God is never arbitrary. God is always the same. He always hates sin. He always loves his children. These are promises of God because they're consistent with his character, and these are things we can trust. David is telling us God is strong, like a fortress. God is light, and God is salvation. He protects us because he's strong. Uh, He illuminates truth because he is light, 
and he saves us because he is Savior. David knew the character of God, and he leaned in. God can't be something different than what he is. God is who he is, and as we know the character of God and we lean into that, uh, there's safety in that, and there's freedom in that. I'd like to look at these three aspects just a minute. God is strong, God is light, and God is Savior. I want to do it by looking at some words that Paul said in the New Testament that line up directly with what David is saying. And Saul, uh, first of all, God is strong. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says this, Dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we had, the trouble we went through when we were in the province of Asia, we were crushed, we were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. As a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we started relying on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. God is strong and we can continue to trust him because he will lend his strength to help you. The second of those three words is God is light. Do you know God has placed his light in you? If you're a believer in Jesus, you know things that people on the outside just don't know. You have God's light in you. You understand the mystery of life with God. Again, in 2 Corinthians, uh, it says this, uh, For God who said, let there be light and darkness, that is the creator, has made his light to shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Christians know who God is. They know where they stand because they have, uh, and because they have that understanding, they have hope. And finally, God is salvation. There's many different ways that the word salvation is used in the Bible. One of those uh, certainly includes salvation from sin. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul says these words, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, he is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. God is strong. God is light. God is salvation. It's his essential nature, and he lends his nature to us as we lean in. David begins Psalm 27 talking about the character of God. And he asks this, the rhetorical question, if this is what God is like, and I am with God, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's not David believing in himself. It's not David kind of mustering up some strength from inside. It's not David acting on his own, but instead it's David leaning into the character of God. This is more than just the acts of God. This is the very nature of God that he leans, or lends to us. So the first thing I see is this. David leaned into the character of God. The second thing I notice is that David... Uh, leaned into the character of God in very real danger, very real danger. Uh, David faced a lot of danger in life, and so do we. David faced these things. If you look verse 2, 3, and 13, uh, evil people were coming to devour him. Enemies were coming to attack him. Mighty armies were surrounding him. People were accusing him of false things. People were breathing out threatenings and violence against him. That sounds like a bad day. All this stuff coming in on David all the time as a leader. 
I've never experienced hand-to-hand -hand combat like David has. I had a fight one time in sixth grade, but <laughs> you know, that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Rusty, yeah. I started it and he finished it. I think it went like that. David was a warrior. He had all kinds of combat, all kinds of uh, experiences in life that I haven't had. But as I think about these words, I realize that uh, I spent a lot of time in the business world and leadership roles, and I faced a lot of the same things that David faced. And I'm guessing each person here has faced a lot of the things that David faced also. I remember very clearly in leadership people trying to destroy me, people talking behind my back and saying things that weren't true. Uh, I know of people trying to damage my success in any way they could, people trying to undermine the uh, the the policies and the, and the things the company was doing. Sometimes I felt like I was living in the middle of enemies, not sure who was on my side and who was against me, okay? And I think those are, are common occurrences in life, not just business. It can happen pretty much in any walk of life. But the thing I think that's important to remember is David had confidence in the middle of the conflict, you don't hear David saying, please take away the conflict, please make my life easy. But instead, David had, uh, he had real peace, he had real uh, calmness in the middle of the conflict. Listen to some of the stuff he says. I have seen my enemies stumble and fall. I have remained confident when attacked. David is confident seeing the goodness of God within the difficulties of life. During this life, as well as the life to come. Uh, David isn't showing self-confidence. David isn't showing, uh, you know, trusting his best instincts to do better. But instead, David is leaning into the character of God. And in that, he found great confidence and he found great strength. The third thing I notice is this. David lived in the very presence of God. In verse 4, it says this, This one thing I ask of the Lord, that's a prayer, this one thing I seek the most, it's his motive, it's his heart. That is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to delight in the Lord's perfections, meditating in his temple. God didn't say, Lord, change my circumstances. Instead, God, or David lived in the presence of God. Uh, he had a peaceful heart in the middle of the struggle. I've asked myself, how is it that David had peace inside serious trouble? Think of this man as a warrior in the battlefield. He's, he killed thousands of men in his life. Hand-to-hand -hand combat with daggers and, and swords and, and shields and chariots. This is the old days before electronic warfare. He had peace within all of those struggles. It reminds me of what Paul wrote in, in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, verse 6 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. There's an interesting play on words in this passage in Philippians. Uh, the first two verses, uh, the verses I just read, uh, say that God will grant us his peace, the peace of God, when we pray and we leave everything in front of God. But the next verses say this, the one, uh, this one final thing, 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Those are the character qualities of God. That's leaning into the character of God. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting in practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard and seen me doing. And then he says this, and the God of peace will be with you. You see the play on words. As we put everything in front of God in prayer, we find the peace of God. But when we walk with God day by day, leaning into the character of God, we find the God of peace. It's the peace of God and the God of peace. David walked in the very presence of God. Let's illustrate this just a little bit. Um, In verse 5, David says this, He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. The Hebrew says this, Of his tabernacle, in the secret place, he will hide me. The Old Testament tabernacle is the representation of the very presence of God. And what David is saying is this, I am hidden in the presence of God. It seems like there's maybe a physical hiding there too. To some extent, God is protecting him physically. But you get the picture of of a high sheer cliff with a cove cut out, and David is up there with a panoramic view of all the chaos in life. All the trials are happening. He's in the middle of it. He sees it all. He's not oblivious. It hasn't gone away. But yet, he's at peace because he's clearly walking in the presence of God. Have you ever had that sense of absolute chaos in your life? I think most people can relate to that different times in life uh, where chaos seems to take over. David recognized God's presence in the context of the chaos. Not after the chaos left, not after God solved the circumstance, but in the process in the process when chaos was ongoing. In verse 6, he says this, I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. Uh, At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices and shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. The enemies are surrounding David, and yet he's in the tabernacle. He's in the, the sanctuary of God. He's worshiping God. There's music involved. His heart is turned toward God in the midst of the trial. So we've talked about the character of God, the fact that David faced real danger, that he lived in the presence of God. The fourth thing I notice is this, David's heart was turned toward the face of God in prayer. Verse 7, it says this, hear me when I pray, O God, be merciful to me. And then just pause a second and read verse 8. My heart has heard you say, come talk to me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Literally, what's being said there is this. God is saying to David, come seek my face. I want to talk to you. Come seek my face. I want to talk to you. How much more personal does it get that God is seeking our face in prayer? There's a decision here. And I think David illustrates the right answer to the question. The decision is this. Do we want to figure it out ourselves, or do we want to turn our face toward God? And it's a decision we have to make each day of our life as we decide uh, which way we want to go. Sometimes the decision to follow God is against our natural tendencies. 
sometimes the decision is not obvious because of the distractions that we have in life. Sometimes the decision is uh, super difficult because of the trials that we have in life. But I think the choice we make uh, defines what it means to be a person after God's own heart. People who decide they're going to walk with God, it's, my heart has heard you say, come talk to me. And my heart responds, responds Lord, I'm coming. I think that's what the definition of a man uh, who is after the heart of God. Christians have access directly to God himself in prayer. That's something that's illustrated in Hebrews chapter 10. Listen to these verses. Dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened up a new and living way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go directly into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled clean with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. That's his character. And God invites us to look face to face to him in prayer. Sometimes, in dark times, it's difficult to remember the promises of God. And you see that in David in verse 9. He says, God, don't turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me down. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. David's failing a little bit until verse 10. And he finally remembers. He says, oh, yeah, even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Even in the tough times when it's difficult and, and your heart wants to, to fail and you, your, your heart wants to falter, uh, David reminds us that God is close to us. Jesus himself promised in John 14 that he would be with us. In fact, as he was leaving this world, he told his disciples that uh, when I leave, I'm going to send the comforter. He'll be with you. He'll be in you. He says this, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will be with you. He lines up exactly with what David is saying here. David turned his face to God in prayer, and I think that's what it means to be a person uh, with a heart that chases after God. The last thing I noticed is this. David leaned into truth. David leaned into truth. Verse 11, Teach me how to live, O Lord, and lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. We know the enemy is out there. We know the conflict and trials of life are very real. But as we uh, lean into what God has said, what, uh, and we, we amass the teachings of God in our life, it gives us a degree of protection. It gives us a strength because we're resting in truth. I looked back at Psalm 119, the beginning of this series on hope, and I was just reading down through some of the promises about the word of God that are in that uh, passage. And a couple of those jumped out at me. The first is verse 37. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. I love verse 73. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. 
Verse 114, you are my refuge, my shield. Your word is my source of hope. And finally, 165, those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. I could go on and on, but suffice it to say, uh, David leaned into God's leadership in his life. One of the verses in John 14 that I've read probably a thousand times that continues to, to catch my attention is this. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says this, those who accept my commandments and obey them, they're the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and then get this line, and I will reveal myself to them. John is, uh, or, uh, John is saying, along with David, that those who choose God's leadership in their life get to see and get to know the genuine God. I'm going to say that again. Those who accept and choose God's leadership in their life get to know, they get to see, they get to fellowship with the God who made them. We often talk about self-leadership here at Lighthouse, and we equate self-leadership with sin. Well, the contrast is, is important to make. Um, walking with Jesus as your leader and as your Savior, that's what it means to have a, a heart that's chasing after God. David is a, a man after God's own heart, and he chose God's leadership in his life in the middle of the trials. David leaned into the character of God. David faced real danger that didn't go away. Yet, David lived in the presence of God. David's heart was turned towards the face of God. And David leaned into truth. The result of that, we see in verse 13, I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while and when we leave this world. Eternal life begins when we make Jesus our leader and Lord. Yeah, that's an important thing to know. And his conclusion in verse 14 is very simple. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave. Be courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. The conclusion of the matter is simply this. Wait patiently for the Lord. Trust his character. Seek his face in prayer. Bask in his presence and seek truth. Jesus promises that all who seek him will find him. And the simple message of Psalm 27 is this, turn your hearts toward God. I would ask you this question, what's the risk? What's the risk of walking uh, with the God who created you? Let's pray together. God, we are thankful for your word, that you've exposed your heart to us, you've exposed to us that you want us to seek your face. You wanna, you wanna look at us eye to eye and converse with us. You want us to dial into truth and to know you. We're thankful for your grace. I want to pray for people here that maybe don't have any idea what we're talking about. They're wondering who this God is, and I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would open their hearts and minds to truth, draw them to yourself, to salvation and grace and peace. I pray for those here who are in the middle of battles that I probably couldn't even understand. Uh, trials and, and difficulties in this life, I pray by your Holy Spirit that uh, the truth of your character would, would move into their mind and they, 
rather than focusing on the trials and cares of life, they would focus their attention on you and your character. I pray that you would help them. I pray for Lighthouse, that we would be a place of hope, a place that dispenses hope to those in need, those who are outside the family of God and those who are in. I pray that we would be uh, people of hope. And finally, God, I just want to pray this one more time. God, I'd like to see your face. for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 9.09 or 11.11. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.